1: A Disney craving you can't fill? Lifelong Disney World adventurers, Ashley and Sammy will take you on a journey through the parks, movies, books, and more. Whether you live miles or states away, if you love Disney, you'll love hanging out with the Pixie Dust Twins on the Limitless Podcast Network. Hey
0: everyone, you're on with the Pixie Dust Twins. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Let's get swimming. But before we do that,
1: don't forget to go like, subscribe to all our things. Instagram, Facebook, podcast, YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. YouTube. You can see our pretty
0: faces now. Yay. All right. What are we talking about today?
1: Well, okay. So we've been talking about Walt Disney World Resort for like multiple episodes and we decided we are going to kind of shift gears and we want to talk about Walt Disney World Animation, which is the first animation studio that Disney started with. There's also Pixar, but Pixar came much, much later. So today we're going to go over the history of Walt Disney Animation and kind of talk about Walt in general and his history because we all know His name, we know what he did. He brought the mouse. But do you know the backstory of Walt Disney? Do you know where he came from? The struggles he went through to get to where he was before we lost him. Mm -hmm. So Sammy, I'm going to give props out to Sammy right now. It's going to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I did not do the research. Sammy had a Walt Disney class in college yes, I did. and like got to do all this research on Walt Disney. She has all the books. She literally put this whole episode together. I'm just along for the ride to help relay the information. So thank
0: you, Sammy. You're welcome. Bravo. Good, yes. good job. For myself. Thank you. <laughs> so do you want to start us out? Uh, yeah. So I guess we'll start at the the beginning of... The Walt Disney time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Walt Disney was born December fifth, nineteen oh one, in Chicago. That's something I had kind of forgotten until I was relooking it up because so he was close to us. Well, yeah, we exactly. Yet, but <laughs> was as much mm-mm. before us, eighty you know, <laughs> <in the> some <laughs> years. Yeah, he was not that far from us, friend. Really? Did you just have to do the math in your head? Okay. Yes. He was on. Okay. Anyway, so he was born December 5th, 1901, to Elias and Flora Disney. And I just love these names because I do too. Who has an Elias and a Flora in their family now? You know, it's great. Anybody. Exactly. And these names are just, when I'm looking them up, it was so great. Wait, Flora. That's one of the the sleeping beauty fairies. (gasps) Yes. Yeah, I feel like there's all these, his mom, (laughs) all these connections that you learned about. Okay. So something that I didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't realize it or I didn't remember. Everybody knows he has his older brother, Roy, right? Because Roy Mm -hmm. was a big part of the studio and developing it and all that. But he actually had three older brothers. He had Herbert born in 1888, Raymond in 1890, and Roy was born in 1893. And then he had a younger sister, Ruth, who was born in 1903. Oh, it was a bigger family than I realized. I don't know. I feel like I yeah. always was just like, oh, it was Walt and Roy, and then that was it, but that's not true. I feel like I knew he had a sister. I just mm-hmm. didn't know anything about mm-hmm. her. I just don't remember but, things about... Because I feel like well, no one really talks about them. You know? No, because you
1: if you go into the Walt Disney animation walkthrough in uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Studios, Studios. Mm-hmm. you really only see Roy, and I don't remember ever really reading about Herbert and... Raymond.
0: Yeah. For and work. I mean <laughs> sorry. The For names there's such <laughs> cool names. And then you know the statues, you know there's there's Walt and Mickey and then there's a Roy and Minnie statue. Mhm. But again there's no but Herbert there's... and Goofy statue. I mean, they don't Maybe there's... they didn't I mean, was there anything about the siblings? Did they not Honestly, support I mean, all? when I was researching it, I mean Roy was the big one. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day because he helped run the business he helped manage yeah. wall all that so I think that's why they kind of don't get referenced because as far as I could tell they kind of went off and just did their own thing and they moved elsewhere and they weren't really around but I just thought it was interesting because very interesting I don't really think I have the entire rest of the show will reference those other people the yeah other brothers and sister, Honestly, oh you're care of them this is kind of it All right. So in 1906, they moved from Chicago to a small farm in Marceline, Missouri, after his father became concerned about the growing crime in their neighborhood. (laughs) Well, I thought that was really interesting when I was reading that. I was like, oh, because of the crime in Chicago. So even in 1906, it was a thing.
1: Well, wasn't the mafia big then? Like, weren't those the years the mafia was starting to really hype up it was yeah. I mean, and i mean there's movies about the crime of chicago going into mm-hmm. gary indiana which still <sighs> pretty sketch up there. Uh, oh yeah they're still really sketch yeah. up there it's actually gotten into south bend like dad says it's gotten mm-hmm. it's slowly going across the state and i believe it because that's I what
0: crime does it just kind of it's okay we we got out of there yeah the yeah. important thing about this is that marceline missouri is always the place that people say he used to develop Main Street, USA. And I think that's really interesting. So the small town feel, all of that, that's where Main Street came from, was the Marceline, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Missouri's not that far from me. I should see where Marceline is in Missouri and Mm -hmm. I might need to just, you know, take a road trip. Yeah, I'm sure they have a museum or I'm sure they have something there for him too. I'll, I'll I'll have to Google that after. I mean, I do know they were saying that by the time he left, um, is like that area that it was already not looking as picturesque as what he had remembered it as, as what he dreamed Mm -hmm. about. And who's to say how much it really looked that way? Because they're also kind of saying that Walt had this idealistic picture in his head. Right. So Mm. it's probably, you know, a developed over time sort of thing. Yeah. It probably never really looked that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, for creatives, like being being a creative and a writer, like part of a short story that I wrote, I took Cherubusco, which is our hometown. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fluffed a couple areas of Cherubusco because in my mind, it would look a little different. It would look a little cleaner. It would look a little more picturesque in a right. book because you don't want to read unless the story is about living in a drungy, Mm-hmm. I think I just made up that word drungy area. I like it. Drungy. You don't want to read about a drungy area unless that's what the story
0: is about. So that that's makes true. Sense. I totally agree with that. That's just what all the books say that he referenced when he developed Main Street. And I believe the. Our main street here in our Disney world that we Mm -hmm. go to, I think looks fairly similar, my understanding, to the one at Disneyland. So he clearly kept the theme, Mm -hmm. I believe, between the two Magic Kingdoms.
1: Well, I mean, Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, Mm -hmm. the original Disneyland, I believe has a lot of similarities just in layout. And Mm -hmm. most of the attractions are the same. There are some new ones at Disneyland that we don't have Mm -hmm. or we will have eventually Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
0: All right. So what do we got next? So in 1911, he moved to Kansas city with his family. Mm -hmm. And this was important because his father Elias purchased a paper route and his brother Roy at that time was 18 and his father listed Roy as the owner of the paper route. And I don't really know why it wasn't really clear, but I just thought that was interesting that Roy would go on eventually right to help manage the Walt Disney company because that was not Walt's strong suit. And here he was at 18 and he's being given this responsibility by his dad. So I wonder if that was part of what made him the more responsible brother. It could have just been
1: his personality. There are some Mm -hmm. people who can just step up and lead and figure it out and know how to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who cannot, (laughs) and they're more on the kind of Walt side where they're the creative yes. and they have the ideas and they're the dreamers. It's yes. kind of like that left brain, right brain thing. Yeah. I where where it sounds like Roy was
0: the left brain and Walt was the right. I agree with that. And to go yeah. with your point, when they were delivering papers, Walt didn't really get paid. I guess, because they probably weren't making a lot of money doing this. 1911. I'm not surprised. Exactly. So he actually delivered medicine for a pharmacy along his route to make extra money. And of course, I liked that fact because I work in a pharmacy. So fun fact for me. (laughs) And then eventually he got his father to let him sell an additional 50 papers on his own. So he would go to other street corners and whatnot and sell these papers by himself to make additional money. That right there is an entrepreneur. I mean- yeah. Nine at this time.
1: Wait, wait. Okay. So I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting an EBCOT kind of flashback thing here. Okay. So is this like little Walt sitting at the corner of the street, holding a paper saying <laughs> whatever headline 50 cents for da, 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 war ended. Remember it's in yes. uh, the yes.
0: spaceship earth and it's talking about when world war two ends. Yeah, yes. By the printing press. Right. And the kids mm-hmm. over in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little Walt, maybe. Yeah. Cause he was nine and that is definitely a child in the, the ride. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. So it could have been an inspiration right there in December, 1916, his parents moved back to Chicago and then he followed them by the end of the following summer. And this is when they really kind of started talking about him in school. And I was not surprised by this fact that he was not really interested in school. Imagine that, but he was interested (laughs) in drawing and he got added as a cartoonist to the school magazine, which was at that time he went to McKinley. So it was called the McKinley voice. And by that winter, he was attending evening classes three times a week at the Chicago Academy of Fine Arts. So he not surprised. He didn't really care about high school and high school things and regular school. He just had obviously an interest in the arts and that's what he wanted to do.
1: Back then, from what I understand, usually unless you were like going to be a lawyer or a doctor, you left school before fifteen.
0: You left school by end of like middle school. Especially if you had like a like a farm or something. I mean, that mm-hmm. was like, or, your legacy. That was your job, yep. right? So, yep. And I mean, at this time, I guess because they had left the farm and his dad was delivering papers, that's probably why he was still in school. Could be the only probably imagine. Yeah. I believe at this time too his all of his older brothers, I think, were off in the war at this time too. So oh, the first world war? Yes. Yeah, so I think it was just Probably. his sister and his parents. So that may have been another. Yeah. Um, hmm. it said that he really enjoyed cartooning, which makes sense because that was yeah. I mean Disney. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. All right. So at the age of 16, he applied to join the Red Cross Ambulance Corps. this this is so silly. And I just, again, this is such a, it just fits. I feel like the Walt story. So the minimum age to join was 17, but he was 16. So he technically could not apply and join the ambulance corps. He convinced his mom to sign off on the paperwork, whatever the paperwork was that he needed. And then he changed the year of his birth on the paper so that he could join early after she signed everything. I do you see this craftiness? I mean, come on. It just seems like it fits with someone who is a entrepreneur who wants to do what he wants to do, who has a goal. That's the big dog. I'm sorry. That
1: was not mine for once in our lives.
0: That was very loud.
1: Okay. I find this whole thing about him changing his age funny because my grandpa tried to do that with World War II.
0: Oh really? The same
1: thing? He did. He did. He tried to get in early. And then when they finally let him in, my great grandma wrote to the, well, he didn't actually get in. He tried. They denied him. They said, you have to go into training until you turn 17 and then, or 18 or whatever it was at World War II. And then when he was able to get in, my great grandma wrote to his officer and said, I already have a husband and- I think there was like three older brothers, four other. My grandpa has mm-hmm. like eight siblings already in the war. Mm-hmm. Please let him go. Because back then, if you had too many, if you had a ton of sons, you had a younger one, you could get them relieved of draft duty and and stay. He looked at his officer and he said, his commanding officer, he said, uh, sir, can you rip that up?
0: And the officer ripped it up. And he went. Oh no. And they still let him in because he yeah. ripped it up. Yeah. She must have been so mad. Oh, she was.
1: Because grandpa wanted to go to war. He wanted mm-hmm. to go and fight for his country. Yeah. He's like, draft me, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anywho. So that makes me laugh. Cause <sighs> so my grandpa and Walt Disney kind of
0: have a little bit in common with their their spirit there. Apparently. I guess that was the thing back then. Oh my gosh. But he just did the Red Cross
1: Ambulance corps, So I'm guessing he was mm-hmm. in country. That wasn't an external country thing, was it?
0: They said that he was stationed in France for about a year. Oh, it's okay. Kind of so that's where he ended up. So I guess after all of that, because that's all it said was he just went there for a year and then he came back after. The well, the year. war the so. war was coming to an end close yeah, to that. So, so that's what I'm thinking. Ended
1: in 1917 or 1918 when did
0: he go yeah because it
1: 16 so that would have been that was right around yeah 17 so yeah it probably ended in like 1918 1919
0: yeah because the next thing i have is 1919 for what he was doing so uh, we're finally at how they started the actual studio yeah but after his little background (laughs) that just gives some picture to him as a person yes so uh, walt ended up in kansas city in 1919 And his brother, Roy, was already living there. I guess he was working as a teller at a bank. And one of Mm -hmm. his co-workers had some friends that ran a commercial art shop. See all these steps we got to go to. Yeah. And they needed an apprentice. And Walt was hired just on the spot, just like that. So he probably went in and charmed him with whatever little cartoons he had from when he was overseas and doodling and all that. Yeah. They took him in as an apprentice right then and there. Well, and he studied at Chicago Academy
1: of Fine Arts. I mean, right there is like gold.
0: And I kind of get the idea a little bit when you're reading through some of this that now it's very important that you have some sort of credit or schooling, right? Like everybody wants uh-huh. to know what's your experience, mm-hmm. your like official experience in schooling and all that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like back then it was kind of like, yo, draw me something. I like it. You're hired. Like it was a little bit yeah. more, you know, just show your talent off thing. You don't have to you didn't go to school for 30 years to do it and you know all that
1: back then they didn't they didn't encourage you to chase after a dream back then you were supposed okay. to either finish school if that was what you needed to do or you needed to start apprenticing with the business that your family ran and find a mm-hmm. spouse and have children and make money and provide like that was all you could do as a man back in the 1900s and the women it's like you finish maybe primer start figuring out how to
0: run a household get married have children and run the household for the rest of your lives I mean the only good thing is around here around here around this time things were changing a little because he hired a lot of women that worked at the studio they didn't really have Mm -hmm. jobs where they got credit for really anything yeah, well,
1: World War One and World War II, because the men were overseas fighting, the women had to work. They had to. My grandma became a nurse during World War II yeah. because they needed people. Mm-hmm. They needed anybody, anybody that could do it, man or woman.
0: And the American Adventure Epcot taught me that there yes. were women welders. That's why they He's had Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> exactly, the Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> See, Epcot is so educational. Yes. Take your children. <laughs> I don't remember this from school, but oh I remember my it from <laughs> Well, It doesn't look like his apprenticeship went well. Yeah. It said, I don't think he found it very fulfilling because he basically just made raw outlines for ads and then the people who actually own the business would oh. redraw everything. So it wasn't like he really got, you know, credit, credit, yeah. he just would kind of sketch it out. And then he was terminated in the winter after the Christmas advertising Gosh. rush was over. So seasonal. it was a temporary. The first seasonal job. <laughs> Exactly. That's how I was thinking I'm like, look, he's a seasonal worker, <laughs> just like they have down here. We're gonna hire you and then we're gonna get rid of you. So just be prepared. All right. So this is where he met his you this? all right. Oob I works. Oob IWorks. Okay. <laughs> I I wanna say his friend, but it's so unclear to me because sometimes it seemed like they worked together because they worked well together, but I don't know if they were really friends. So I'm gonna say so, like so friend business in friends. Business friends. Yeah, Yeah. maybe that's a good business We're doing air
1: quotes for those who are listening
0: right now. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, there are air quotes about this. So Oob Iworks was another animator who was also Mm -hmm. fired around the same time. And then he came to Walt in January because he was very upset that he had no job and no money and didn't know where to work. And, you know, because Walt is Walt, he was just like, yeah, all right, let's just start a business because that's what you do, right? You just... (laughs) So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to make our own animation business. So they called it IWorks Disney, and they did illustrations and lettering for the restaurant news, which does not sound like a particularly large paper or whatever it was, in exchange for a free desk space in their office and $10 a page. Do you imagine? Like, all I want is a free place to work and $10. That's but insane. that's a lot of money back money then. Now. <laughs> I know, and that's, it's just mind-boggling when you, when I read some of this, I'm just like, 10 bucks now only wow, gives us okay. like a gallon and a half of gas. If that. Yeah. Do you with your <laughs> uh, So they continued to do that. They did the same sort of deals with various newspapers in the area, and they got their own office oh, nice. by the end of February, which I feel like that was pretty fast. I mean, you go from January to February, and now you got your own space. You're not just mm-hmm. sharing it. But then Walt got hired on as a full-time employee for the Kansas City Slide Company, which I was just like, what in the heck is this? So apparently this company made promotional slides that were shown in movie theaters. Oh. So like news, yeah. you know, newsreels and like mm-hmm. and things like that that they used to run before the movies before now, which is all just previews. I and wonder
1: the- if it's like, you know, I like should. the dancing hot dog. Yeah. But not the dancing hot dog, but, like, that sort of stuff. Well, obviously, yeah. Which you can see some of those in Spaceship Earth. Is it still open? Go to
0: Spaceship Earth before it goes away. <laughs> yes, I wrote it and whenever I was there. Yes, it was still open and still the same. Okay. There was no change. They continued to run this Iworks Disney business until March, and then Iworks joined him at the slide company, and then I guess they just were, like, forget the, the yeah, whole side business. they got a job. Because they were – I had a steady job, right? Yeah. And it was taking up more time. All right. But Walt, being Walt, did not want to continue working for someone that he wasn't really funny, enjoyable, or working for someone else because he clearly, clearly wanted to be his own boss, which becomes clearer and clearer as things go on. In 1921, he got a job animating something called Newman laughograms for the hmm. Newman Theater. So it was a local theater. The laughograms, I think they're just like hmm. little cartoons that were just funny. That they would yeah. play before, again, before a movie or whatever was going on. So yeah. it was just like little jokes or cartoons. So he made his business now called the laugh Films, Inc. in 1922. Now let's keep track of how many businesses. So all his hat up to this. Is point. this two? My goodness. So, I mean, technically he did so his three. own thing with the papers, the newspapers. So the newspapers, yeah. Yeah. I worked it's- Disney and now laugh Okay. I will keep track. Yes. Because to me, it's funny <laughs> when they just pile up. So then he started hiring animators, including his old buddy, Goo Works. who makes a reappearance. He just keeps popping up. This dude, he just goes away and then he comes back. I, it's just constant. That's why I'm like, I feel like they must yeah. be some sort of friends, but I don't know. I didn't live back then with them, so I have no idea. In 1923, he actually ended up moving out to Hollywood because he ran out of money. So he had to shutter the Laugh-O-Grams films because he had no money. And his brother, Roy, was living out there because he had gotten sick with tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And I think he was actually living with some family members, if I remember right. There was like an uncle or somebody, an aunt, mm-hmm. that they were living with out there. But that's why he ended up in Hollywood, was hmm. because his brother was there. That's an interesting yeah. thing. I don't know if where he would have went if his brother was somewhere else. You? But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Walt had, for years, had this big idea to combine live action and animation because, of course... Who else would be thinking of that? And he had this series. It was an Alice in Wonderland based series, which would combine the two and have a little girl who was Alice and then the mm-hmm. various cartoon things she would interact with. And he'd had this idea forever and ever. Well, when he finally went out to Hollywood, he had sold the idea to this lady called Margaret Winkler. And I like this lady because she was the first and only female film distributor in the entire country. I would say this is what really put Walt on the map was these Alice. That's amazing combination things. That's yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, who knew this lady? Look at you, Margaret. Winsler. You go, girl. She kind of makes me mad. This is cool, and then she kind of gets on my nerves because she basically stops running her company and lets her husband do it, and then that's when things go <laughs> downhill. But <laughs> it was still a fun fact. <laughs> he sold this this idea, this series, to her. And Roy helped Walt raise the funds to produce this series, but it was very specific that Roy did not have any intention to join Walt and participate in the company, but he was afraid that Walt would be taken advantage of and then eventually agreed to become his manager. So some brotherly love there. (laughs) No, it was, was dude,
1: I don't want you to get screwed over. I'm going to manage your business.
0: Yeah, it was basically, you don't know what you're doing. It was an
1: older brother taking over the younger brother's project.
0: Which really he needed, let's be honest. Hey guys, it's Sammy. I hope you're having as much fun listening to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast as Ashley and I had recording it. Don't forget to check out LimitlessBroadcasting.com for even more awesome content. I have a show with my husband, Robbie, detailing how our lives changed when he developed chronic pain after a 2017 car accident. Plus, Ashley will soon be producing a spiritual show with an uplifting message, and there's so much more. We have merchandise available and information about our Patreon account, where you can help fund our growth and get rewarded with cool prizes, anywhere from a shout-out on one of our shows, to guest appearances, to a chance to host your own episode. So go to LimitlessBroadcasting.com after the show and check back for updates and more content. Here we go. You ready oh. with your, your next number? Woo! Disney Brothers was formed in 1923. Four. So there you go. And this is where, if you know anything about the mm-hmm. like Disney clubs and fandoms and all that jazz. So the D23 Club, guess what's their name from? This, because, yes, this is the first Disney yes. big endeavor. It is 1923, and hence the D23 Club. And not the d28 club when the mickey mouse cartoon came out so if you're ever confused about that i'm gonna be quite honest i've always kind of been confused about why they call it d23 where's 23 coming from yes now i know we just educate people all yes, over the place and i remember we did a a disney tour and this was after i was in college it was like one of the backstage tours and they mm-hmm. you know you're on the bus traveling wherever you're going And they do, like, fun facts, you know. And so they were just like, oh, does anyone know why it's called D23? And I'm like, I know this. (laughs) I learned this in school. (laughs) You're probably the only one who knows that on those tours. (laughs) I was so excited. I was just like, I got it. It's me. You call on me. I got it right. What now? All right. All right. So they formed the Disney Brothers. And again, in 1924, guess who comes popping out to join them? Yes. Good job. <laughs> all right. So from here, they start hiring more animators. They start hiring what they call the ink and paint girls. So they would fill oh. in the colors basically. And that was when he met his wife, Lillian, because she was in 1924, January 1924. She joined on oh. the studio and there's, you should look into that if you're interested, cause I didn't really go into their relationship, but it's kind of funny. Cause she basically was not interested <laughs> in him at all. She thought he didn't dress very well he didn't have his own car. She was just like, like no, really, I can do better. <laughs> really? No, but he won her over. So you should look yes. into that. It's a cute little story. So then in 1926, they changed the name. To so does Walt this count? Do I count it? It's a name change. Okay. So I feel like it's so are five because you have to file some work for this. And the best part of this was, uh, I didn't write it down, but when I was reading about it, Walt was basically like, cause they were starting to get more popular and busier and He's just like, oh, I'm gonna change our our name to the Walt Disney Studios, and he looked at his brother like, you can have a problem with that. And of course, Roy was just like, dude, I don't care what you do, just just
1: don't make us go bankrupt. Whatever you grunt. want to do, I'm
0: just here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here to make sure that we have some money somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's so that made me laugh because, I'm like, of course he doesn't care.
1: Well, think about it. Think about it. If he did care, instead of Walt Disney World, it'd be Disney Brothers World. That doesn't roll off the tongue.
0: <laughs> if I. If I remember right, but if I remember right, because Walt died, I think it originally was just, cause it was Disneyland, right? It was going to be Disney world. And then they, ch- I think Roy actually was like, Oh no, we should call it that Walt Disney world. I think I could be. If we're wrong, let I us know. Saying that wrong, but I think that was it. I think regardless, Walt was never going to be having yeah. any competition with Roy. Cause it seems that Roy was always like, eh, I just want to be in the background. Just leave me alone. Oh Roy. That's just my interpretation. (laughs) This is the the fun part of the story that really just makes me very angry. So a man named Charles Mintz, and keep that name in your head because he is divorced. He He, (sighs) Okay. Yes. Yes. In my opinion. He married Margaret Winkler. Now remember I told you she's gonna be stepping out of the picture soon. And this was shortly after Walt had signed his contract with her. And then he took over management of the Alice in Wonderland series. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Bad thing. And this caused a lot of tension because Walt was very much, again, he wanted to kind of be his own boss. And he was technically kind of working for these people. And he wanted a lot more control and say over stuff than what Vince was really looking for. So in 1927, the Alice cartoons were... Kind of losing their steam, they were not doing as well, so they knew they were going to need to find something else to yeah. keep the everything afloat. So, Mintz negotiated with Universal for a new cartoon character, and on March fourth, nineteen twenty-seven, he signed an agreement for twenty-six shorts featuring Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who was okay. created by. Okay, so work. I just I need to
1: get something straight. Oswald was created before nineteen twenty-seven, yes. correct? Well, he would have been right around there did did Walt create him for mm-hmm. Disney Studios in contract with Winkler? So he yes. never intended it
0: yes, to go exactly. to a different studio. Oh, Mintz, you are an evil, evil man because he's a distributor, right? So he's like, "Oh, I have this guy who can create this cartoon, and then you guys will give it to you, and then you'll actually take it out and get it in mm-hmm. the, the movie theaters and all of that, right? So yeah, it was Walt's character, and Mintz said. That they wanted a new character, and there were too many cats because there was like oh, so many cat, cats. And I don't know who else. I just remember. I'm pretty. Yeah, that that yeah. was part of the problem. So Walt did a rabbit, and that became Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Mince you, evil, evil man. We got him back, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the key things about Oswald that would make him different from all the other cartoons, and this is before Mickey. Remember, so we're all used to how Mickey mm-hmm. has a personality, right? He's a little, especially early days. Now he's like, you know, happy-go-lucky, but back then, in the early cartoons, right, mm-hmm, he was kind of a rascal. Was. He was, Oswald was the original, and so a lot of cartoons back then, there would be jokes and things, but they would kind of be done at the cartoon mm-hmm. character. They wouldn't really be part of the joke, and Oswald was the first one that would kind of be in on the jokes, mm-hmm. He would make the jokes. So that was a big deal, and part of the reason yeah. why he was so successful. Again, that was mm-hmm. Walt's doing. Just saying, Universal. saying he
1: created Um, the character. The only reason you're big is because of Walt (laughs) Disney. Just
0: saying. Anyway. So, yes. So, it was very successful. The studio doubled its staff by the end of 1927. That's how incredibly successful Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was in all of his cartoons and shorts. So, in 1928, Mintz was tired of dealing with Walt and with Walt wanting the control of everything. So he went behind his back and approached a bunch of the animators to take it over and basically get rid of Walt. So it was like a little mini mutiny. You could kind of think of all these people Walt hired and put together and developed. And they went against Walt. Like, what the heck? Not all of them. Well, no, not all of them did. Um, I works. Well, no, I don't even think they probably approached Roy. I think he was really just looking for the animators, and you know, Roy was just yeah doing his math thing in the background what happened was iWorks was approached obviously and then he told Walt about what was going on because he did not okay. join the forces he was still on their team so it wasn't just iWorks there were some other ones too but there were so many I animators. Mean, so I was like I'm not listening to all these people <laughs> Walt, you know he found out about it and he was he traveled to New York so he wasn't with the studio at that time when they started doing nego- their renegotiations for their new contracts but he was sending telegrams <laughs> which is Good Lord. Could you imagine? You can't just call someone. You got to send a telegram notice to people. It's insane. Sending telegrams back to Roy about making sure everyone had their contracts in line and it was ironclad. And Roy's kind of like, is everything okay over there? And of course, Walt's just like, no, no, we're fine. Just make sure you do this stuff. Okay. We're good. We're good. Don't worry about it. The whole time though, Walt knows something bad is about to happen. He knows he's been warned about the situation. On February 2nd in 1928, Mint signed a new agreement with Universal for the Oswald Shorts. Uh-huh. So they wanted more, basically, because they had run out in their contract. And in this deal, he granted <gasps> no rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which again is the character Dad Walt. Hello, developed. where
1: was the copyright laws back then?
0: I know, right? They These must have not had crazy. real copyright laws yet, like for the personal developer. Exactly. I don't really know how all of that worked. But, you know, so there was a whole contract and everything Mm -hmm. for Oswald. And then Walt Mm -hmm. himself had his own contract and everything that had to be signed and worked out. So in his renegotiation with Walt, Mintz offered him a small increase for the shorts he was going to be expected to create. Not what Walt was looking for. Mm -hmm. He was looking for more money. Mintz stated that he would take over the Disney organization and then would pay Walt and Roy as employees. This is the Walt Disney Studios. Keep this in mind. This is what this is literally called. This place is called the Walt Disney Studios. And this dude is like, yeah, you can work there,
1: but it's mine. mm, So I'm holding my tongue back because, you know, family-friendly podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this in the words of Mushu. Dishonor on you.
0: Dishonor on your cow. Dishonor on your whole family, Mint." So true. That is exactly (coughs) what Charles Mintz deserved. A hundred percent. This dude. So I mean, at that point, Walt was just like, you know what? Forget you. Peace out. I'm done with this. And he just, he walked away from it. And that's why Oswald was gone. And I did not go into detail on here, but I remember that they did not do a good oh, job probably with not. it. They changed up his character. They changed up like everything, his wardrobe, all of that. And it just sank and he did not do well. And there was no more Oswald. Obviously he didn't stick around like Mickey Mouse who yeah. came out just after this. Oswald was gone until Disney got him back. And I should have double checked what the negotiations were but i know it was like way back in 2007 or 2006 somewhere in there that they got him back that took that long that's when they finally they were working out some deal with universal and that was part of it was they were just like okay well part of this deal we want oswald back so you got to return him yeah but this is the famous story that i know has been part of the disney exhibit you're talking about the studios and (laughs) everybody talks about wald on the train so this is where that story comes from so He's on a train. He's going from New York and he's going back to Los Angeles and he has nothing. That's the whole story. He has no money. He has no cartoon. He has really probably not that many animators at this point. Everyone's turned against him. So he starts sketching on the train and that is where he comes up with Mortimer Mouse. What the heck though?
1: I mean, <laughs> he, he does not do well Lord. naming characters.
0: Thank <laughs> goodness for his wife. Yes. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, right. The Lillian was just like, dude, no. Mortimer is a stupid name.
1: (laughs) Mortimer makes it sound like he's living in a graveyard.
0: I know. I always picture Mortimer as like some old mouse, you know, wearing like grandpa clothes, walking with a cane exactly he's not mickey mouse no yeah i don't know there's some controversy about who came up with the actual like official mickey name whether it was her or not but the story has been pretty consistent that she was just like it's not yeah. gonna be mortimer you can say that and they did say that somewhere between i don't understand it's so vague somewhere between chicago and la that's like big time spans but somewhere in there supposedly is when he came up with the first mickey cartoon which was actually plain crazy and he developed that whole thing with the, the mouse he had drawn. So that was the whole Walt rescues the day story that everybody likes to tell. Oh boy. They actually, and I didn't realize this, they had to complete three more Oswald cartoons under the contract mm-hmm. yeah. that they had. So the first Mickey cartoons were actually created in secret by these mm. rogue animators. They would like be drawing stuff in between doing mm-hmm. their regular job when they were working. They would have secret meetings. I guess at the end of the night, everybody would take all of their stuff. So, you know, you have all your, yeah. anim- whatever they used back then for their animation, but their pencils and all of that. And they would literally not leave anything at the studio because they thought everybody was just yeah. tricksters and they didn't, no one trusted anyone. So they would take all their stuff home at the end of the night. It was a big freaking deal when this happened. Oh, funny. It was kind of funny to read about. Just imagine all these guys like giving each other the side eyes <laughs> at the end of the night, having secret meetings yeah. about Mickey Mouse. Well, if it was I mean, nowadays, anything you create,
1: like if you're on a, if you're in an animated or any sort of studio creatively, whatever you create, mm-hmm. the studio owns, it doesn't matter if they know about it or not. If they find out it's theirs mm-hmm. and legally they can grab it. So I'm really glad they didn't have that back then <laughs> or Universal would have Mickey mm-hmm. and that yeah, would be bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause all this secret stuff they were doing, cause it definitely said they were doing it like they'd have sketches like hidden underneath and stuff. And wow. This was funny. That's to hilarious. And then to just go along with it. So we talked about playing crazy was the, was actually the mm-hmm. first Mickey cartoon, not Steamboat Willie. Cool. Fun fact. Walt couldn't find a distributor for his cartoon. Yeah. He was having trouble. So then they had just come out with some jazz and I don't remember the name of the, the movie, but it was some mm-hmm. jazz movie or something that had sound. It was like the first sound mm-hmm. picture. So of course, what do Walt do? I'm going to do that. I'm going to add sound to this cartoon. And there was a lot of information, if you're really interested, you can look it up, about all of the struggles they had to figure out how to add Mm -hmm. the sound, and the people he had to hire to help him do it, and how they had to, because they had to coordinate everything. It wasn't just like, it is now, it's a lot easier to do the sound. Do you remember the studios, so, so long ago, they had that attraction where you could literally add the sound to the movie? clip I vaguely remember it I think I only did it once but I don't
1: I can't really like pull it out it just it sounds familiar
0: I just kind of remember that and that was the whole thing was there'd be people actually guess trying to do the sounds Mm -hmm. with it and how hard it was to coordinate because they'd be like okay ring the bell now hit the thing now and you know everybody sucks at it because it's difficult. So just imagine that. And they were the first ones to do it and they really had no idea what they're doing. So I thought that was really, I
1: mean, Walt Disney was a pioneer. He, some people Mm -hmm. like put down to Disney world because they think it's too big and think it's da 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 da. And I'm like, guys, do you realize that we wouldn't have a lot of these other studios and these other things in the creative world? If Walt didn't do what he did, he was one of the first pioneers when it came to exploding the animation
0: world. Shut your trap and respect it. I agree. So to wrap it up, Steamboat Willie debuted at the Colony Theater in New York on November 18th, 1928. So that is his official birthday. Technically he was created before that, but that's what everyone uses. So November 18th is his official birthday. November 18th, 1928. And that is kind of where we take off because then you go into Snow White and Pinocchio and Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and <laughs> which we will be talking about yes exactly now granted we're not big fans oh Some yeah these <laughs> movies can just can't do it with Snow White but yeah. it's still very cool her yeah. development and creation all of that it is, is very very cool that Walt did that in the
1: animation walkthrough that that we were talking about at at Disney Hollywood, they have a machine that Mm -hmm. you can watch through and it's how they did the animation. And it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like for someone to have thought of how to do that, I'm like, I'm creative, but
0: I am not that kind of creative. That's like engineering creative. Yeah, exactly. They were big problem solvers for things that... I don't know how they came mm-hmm. up with it and back then, and they were, they just did it. It's not like they had nowadays, you know, where mm-hmm. someone did it ahead of you. So it's very, very cool. I think the whole story yeah. is just very and, and we really do, like, and the reason
1: we wanted to talk about the overview of Walt Disney is, I mean, his story is just so, uh, number one, iconic, and number two... Like I said, he's a pioneer. He start. He kind of helped start a lot of this. Now there are other ones that were along the way and and that sort of thing. So don't discount them as Mm -hmm. well. But he's just one of them. And nowadays, people we have a new piece of technology. They're like, oh yeah, they're pioneers. They've started something new. It's like no. Nowadays, when we get something new, it's literally us just building on top of what started hundreds of years ago. Actually, it's not hundreds. It's more like uh, hundred years ago. When he did all, right. it is, oh my gosh, can <laughs> you believe it? It's a little over a hundred years ago since he's been born.
0: It's, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So,
1: yeah, so many so things much, have changed. So much. So yeah, I respect the people with the new technology and them being able to do that. But the ones I respect mm-hmm. the most are the ones who all the way back, all the way back started this whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. It's just, whew, it's crazy yeah. to think about mm-hmm. all the things that they did
1: it's amazing. And as we go into these next couple episodes to kind of wrap up. So Mm -hmm. in this next kind of, we kind of been doing this in series, in a series format. I don't know if you guys realize that or not. We did a Walt Disney World Resort kind of series. Not that we won't Mm -hmm. ever go back to Walt Disney World Resort. We will eventually. But we wanted to talk about the animation. So we wanted to give you an overview of where this all started. And then in the next so many episodes, we're going to be talking about Disney animation movies. We're not going into Pixar. Pixar is its own thing. We will do that at a different date. We're just going to talk about Disney animation. The next episode is going to be the classic Disney princesses that came out of what we're talking about, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and then beyond. And we're just going to, we're going to go and you're going to hear our opinions on a lot of these movies. We respect them, but we don't always like them warning but it's going to be a fun journey going through and talking about some of these movies that we mm-hmm. grew up with and love some of them came out when we were babies and little kids and being able to go back and talk about them is great mm-hmm. so as we go into these movies we want also to hear your opinion about these movies and, and yes. what you think of them and what you think of Walt's life what inspired mm-hmm. you today about Walt's story because Walt's story is so inspiring like right now I want to get off this podcast open up my word document and write because <laughs> that is what i do i am a writer i just want to type right now i can't Mm -hmm. a little busy but i'll do it later he's so inspirational Mm -hmm. and i want to hear from you guys what inspires you most about walt disney
0: and to me it's just he never gave up i think is the biggest key thing and no matter what he did if the circumstances weren't working for him or he felt like he wanted more from it, then, you know, all right, I'll sell my own papers. All right. I'll make my own company. Okay. I'm yeah. out there hustling. And I think that's very cool. And you know, I'm married to an wow. entrepreneur as, as <laughs> I Ashley do. <laughs> and I feel like he, sometimes when I was reading about wild, I was just like, did you marry oh Walt? Did you marry a weird, in- <laughs> Reincarnation is that the word you're looking? Sure, we'll go reincarnated. Reincarnated Wait, Walt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if Walt was around today, then he would be just like my husband, which is like, let me send you a text at this random time about something <laughs> that I think is vitally or important. Let's call right, Ashley. To while w- we're driving to go to dinner and talk to Ashley about business. Yes, because <laughs> Ashley is a vital part of the business workings, as she has become. More and more involved, whether she wanted to or not. I didn't know. Apparently <laughs> he gave me some title and I'm like, wait, when did I become that? When I'm a part of this? Yeah. I think you're a vice, vice president I know. I'm of like, operations. Wait, when did yes, I become vice because... president of operations? Like all I do is write into a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, He Aww. considers you a vital part and thank God, because it is a lot for me to do sometimes. I've already been bothered today about something he wanted me to write. And I was like, all right, well, I have, I have a work thing this morning. And then I'm recording, and then I have to go do some shopping for work, and then I'll I'll be home. And he's just like, yeah. But are you gonna write that thing for me? Are you serious, bro, dude? Okay, I got it. I have gotten your multiple messages about it last night when you texted me things. I have heard you tell me about it verbally last night, and then today. And that's
1: why I feel like I what Nikki
0: might have been been like. Roy, did you get those
1: numbers then? Yeah. Give me some time. It takes a little bit, but but
0: but but, Roy. Roy. <laughs> yeah, I was. I looked a little bit into Snow White, just uh-huh. the, the history, and there was definitely a part where they said that the budget kept going on and on and up and up. And Roy was like, gonna have a heart attack because while we tell him one thing and then the budget would like double, and it's just so much money. I can't imagine how much money, yeah, back then, you know, back then equivalent how much it was costing them. And Roy was probably like on the verge, Roy of, like, could not breakdown. do today.
1: The budgets for their oh, no. productions now, he would be, and especially with COVID, oh, no. he really would have a heart attack because we've yes. spent all this money and now they're not going to be in theaters. What is going to happen?
0: <laughs> oh no, poor Roy. You're born, <laughs> I guess, in the right age then, friend, because it's probably a lot better then than it is now.
1: <laughs> yep. It's hilarious
0: to think about. Oh, oh goodness. goodness. Well,
1: no. anything else you want to add about Walt? Okay, no, I think that was kind of it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well- I hope that inspired you there is I just thought of this there are movies about Walt's life I believe there's one on oh yeah actually I don't know if they're on Netflix anymore because Disney plus is around but there was a Walt Disney one on I think it was yeah. Joseph gordon of Levitt is that who played him it's his early life it's literally what we just talked about in movie format yeah I
0: can't remember I'm sorry. I can't remember the name it was like it was like uh, shoot life before Mickey or, or- I don't know Google, I don't Walt know, just Google Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: sure there's, there's a lot of movie. There's a couple movies about his life. Or you can watch Saving Mr. Banks. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks.
0: I was just playing that Walt Disney. Yeah.
1: It's, it's older Walt. Walt. Yeah, it's older uh, Walt. During Disneyland, Disneyland's already created yeah. by that point because you're doing talking like Mary Poppins and stuff, which I'm super excited when we get to that episode because I'm like mm-hmm. all about Mary Poppins. Definitely check out some of the movies where Walt is in, and it's really cool his personalities. Pretty
0: awesome. I think they get it pretty spot on. Yes. I agree 100%. Well,
1: do that. Thank you so much for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast with me, Ashley, and her
0: Sammy. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. And like she said, make sure that you go and check out our YouTube channel. There's more and more stuff Mm -hmm. that's popping up there, whether we recorded it or it's other stuff for the network. So definitely go check it out. We have shirts available on our website. If you want to go there, there are some new. Hopefully they're posted by now, but some new Disney shirts in the work. Wink, wink, which I have not shown Ashley as of right the second. So it's okay. I just realized I didn't do that. So I'll show okay. you. Okay, we're done. <laughs> but there's new stuff popping up on there, and I know y'all love Disney nonsense like us, so you should go check that out as well. And we have our. Instagram. If you have not gone there, I don't know what you're doing with your life because we post all sorts of fun things on there and information about when the podcast is posted. So make sure you Mm -hmm. see that too and follow us on our parent account at Limitless Broadcasting as well. And then make sure you check out our Patreon account. I have to make sure I tell you about that too, because that's where we take donations so we can keep doing this. So we would appreciate any gift that you can give to us, but I think that kind of wraps it up. It does. Thank you so much guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. In Healing from Within, Be Still and Know, the fourth and final edition, Dr. Robert C. Brooksby describes how we can reclaim and maintain our health when traditional medicine has failed us. Liberally peppered with case histories, Dr. Brooksby teaches us about our nature and how it's possible to work within our intrinsic energies to help us heal. Christ taught his disciples how to heal. We were supposed to have that knowledge, knowledge that has been lost to Western cultures, it was not supposed to be a secret. You can find a link to this book on our website at limitlessbroadcasting.com. You can also find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you do your book shopping.